You're listening to the After The Show podcast, the weekly movie review show from your friends at ascully.com. Speak now or forever hold your pee. <laughs> tell, tell, a, tell the listeners what you, what you just did. That before the after the show discussion, like immediately before you press that button, yeah, was I can't scoot much closer. I'm gonna bang the friggin' table. So this is come here, come here. The immediate comment before was I wiggled in my chair and said, "Do I need to go? Do I not need to go? Will I be okay?" And you said, "Go now." I like the fact that you hold can, your pee. I like the fact that you can test whether you want to pee by standing up, shaking a little bit, and then going. Eh, no. I didn't stand up. Oh, you didn't. I don't even have to go that far. I just have to do this. I can't and tell. if I don't feel like it's immediate, then no, 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 I'm good to go. Well, what an interesting conversation to start the show with. Um, well, before that, we were actually discussing this movie and war and animals in war. So that kind of will go with the rest of the discussion. Correct. So it's Saturday, April the 14th, 2012. This is after the show number 219, the weekly movie review podcast from us. I'm Ate Scully and you are? I'm just Cindy. But Sid Talk will do. Sid not talk, at yeah. anything. That's bullshit. You are not at a scully. You're right. a scully. If you wanted to contact me on Twitter, I would be at a scully. Right. Twitter isn't the center of our universe. You have been a scully way before Twitter was ever invented. So let's drop the right. at crap. Let's I'm not. Sid Talk. Let's not. You're do. a scully. Yes. What so, are you, a trend monger? It's just the easiest way to contact. Uh, Twitter's the what the thing I use the most. If someone's listening to this. And they're internet savvy enough to find podcasts. They're internet savvy enough to know how to find you. You don't so, need to pretend to be an at something. Okay. So, um, <laughs> yeah, this is after the show number 219. The movie we're looking at this week is War Horse on Blu-ray. This is a 2011 movie. Nominated for six Academy Awards. Unfortunately, did not win any Academy Awards. Um... It's released on Blu-ray on the 3rd of April, so this is a little later than advertised, but um, we got it a little late. Um, It's a PG-13 movie. The tagline is, separated by war, tested by battle, bound by friendship. A good tagline for this movie. Wordy but good. Yeah, it's a bit bit long. (laughs) Uh, And it's from our friends at Disney, Touchstone Pictures slash Disney are releasing it. It's a four-disc set. It's a Blu-ray, DVD, digital copy, and a separate disc with all the extras on it. So, Sid Talk is going to tell us, or give us a synopsis of this movie. I think you just did. Separated by war, tested by battle, and bonded by friendship. Or bound by friendship? Bound by friendship. It's what it is. A young man and a horse. And the horse has to go through lots of trials and tribulations, including war as does the young man, and that's it. I mean, that's really it. I, not I, I, would, I would say like it's this. It's World War One. so if anyone's confused. I would say a story, the the horse kind of, right, binds the story together. Mm-hmm. It's like a journey with a horse, and it's how the horse affects people's lives, kind of, you know, or runs in and out of people's lives, mm-hmm. in this case. Um, very. It's based on a book slash stage play book first the guy who wrote the book incidentally is in you know the scene at the very beginning where they're buying the horse Mm -hmm. the main guy the father who's buying the horse he stood right next to him that's the guy who wrote the book who keeps talking to him yeah 
I'm looking. He's at in it. it later as well. Yes. He's now, a, is it based on any kind of true story or no. tales of this kind of any degree whatsoever? Not from those extras that I saw. It's it said it's all fictional. So, um, but it does. I mean, obviously, the battles are not fictional. Right. Exactly. So. Those did exist. So, um, this is Warhorse, Steven Spielberg's latest movie. I, I've i never seen a trailer for this one either. This is another one I've not seen a trailer for. All I've seen is the clips when we watched the Oscars. I still mm-hmm. didn't know 100% what... I mean, you can kind of tell from Absolutely. The, um, now, this is how I'm going to put this movie. This is what I think of this movie. I think it's more than a movie. I think it's actually a classic. Like... It's so good, and so... It's like an old-fashioned filmmaking style that you don't see very often anymore. And I feel like it's classic. I feel like in 50 years you could watch this movie, because it tells a simple tale, really, Mm -hmm. of humans and animals, which is, uh, you know, forever. We'll be telling stories about that. But the way it is filmed, and just the skill that Steven Spielberg has, I think, to put something together, I feel it's a classic I only just watched it, I feel like it's a classic. I feel like you could show it to people a long time from now and say, this is how movies were done. You know, Spielberg's getting older and he was... When was he, when was he brought up? Like, how old would he have been? I mean... What, he would have brought up... What decade? I think he's the same age as my mother, so 40s well, Like Errol and 50s. Flynn and that kind of stuff? No, he's not that old. 40s and 50s. He right. would have been Gone born... Gone with the wind... No, that was the 30s. He's 40s and 50s. Which so. is Casablanca? Uh, yeah. Because there's romance. It's like a romantic It's very movie. romantic, this yeah. guy. He's romantic about the ideal, when you look at the farms and the way everything looks. Now, Beautiful. I, you can't argue that that's how they look, though. Like, if you go, like I was in Germany, like, two years ago or whatever. Was it two years ago? 2010. And when you do... Happen to go across the countryside and you're looking around and the European, what we think of, the European green hills rolling with some rock walls here and there, they totally exist. And they have these little picturesque... What? what well, they film this mostly in the right, opening scenes saying, in Devon in Britain. It seems very overly idyllic when you look at their farm and stuff, but it isn't. It's like a real... I'm just saying, he has this vision of sort of a... the. I don't know, not perfect, obviously, but like the, I don't know, the perfect memory of a thing. Like the farm is just this delicate, golden, the rustic house, and every little piece of it looks perfect, like what you'd see in a museum or something. That's what he does. Yeah, it's, I think, um, you know, you could have different ways of looking at it. Some people will probably say, oh, this is just overly sentimental and yeah, sappy. Yeah, it's very sentimental. Wh- which it kind yeah, it is, but it also does not pull any punches when it comes to, like, violence and war. and um, Even though this was an interesting thing I was thinking of when I was watching it, that Steven Spielberg filmed possibly one of the best um, World War II sequences ever in Saving Private Ryan. And then this one, he got to film a, a World War War sequence, which I think actually matches it. It's, you know, the trench mm-hmm. warfare. It's intense. Um, Gut-wrenching. Yeah. It really is. I was recoiled at all times. Like, uh. And something really horrific uh, that I was thinking, you know, I, I there's men dying all over the place, but I felt more for the horse. Which Absolutely. Which is it's an odd thing to feel, right? Because there's people dying. Absolutely not. You know why? Because the people chose the war. Somebody somewhere decided to have a war. And all these other men whether by choice or by just circumstance, are involved in it. It's still the human's choice. 
the horse hasn't has Mm-mm. fuck all to do with it. The horses didn't choose to go there. So all you want to do is root for this creature that shouldn't be involved in our turmoils whatsoever. I, I mean, you know, I'm not a horse person. Me either. <laughs> I mean, I had a girlfriend once who was into horses in a big way, and I've been around horses, but I'm not a horse person. But the way this is put it together, pulls it out I of felt you, man. for the horse. Made me want a horse in a weird way. I know how powerful <laughs> a horse is, and, you know, just the, from the beginning. The thinking. I said to you, even while the movie was on, and it's just something I've thought about more lately, that people who think animals don't think beyond just eat shit, sleep, do their thing. I mean, it's, that's, I'm not saying in this movie it's not all contrived, obviously it is, but still, you've known animals, you've known animals who love certain humans, and there's a, there's a definite personality there, and I think in this, when you're watching this, you just, it pulls it out of you, like, oh my god, I mean, they deserve the same amount of respect, and the same amount of care, and the same amount of protection as everyone else, and this, you know, it kind of pulls at your gut, like, no, yeah. get the horse out of there. And it's not your typical, um, like, uh, animal movie, like Lassie or something like that, where it's like, even though Lassie's like super sentimental, or Black Beauty, for instance, another horse movie, it's got more to it, even though the horse, the horse, pass, like I said earlier, passes through these p- different people's lives. And, you know, it also shows... One of the things I thought was really genius is, at one point, the horse is, you know, with the Brits. uh, in the is a British uh, cavalry horse. And then a battle ensues, and then the horse ends up being used by the other side. Mm Mm-hmm. A horse has no... Correct. No loyalty, but in this... To a person, maybe. To a person, maybe, but not to a side, and it will just do what it said, you know, what, what it's... And that was really interesting, I thought, the way, you know, it protected the German people, you know, mm-hmm. in, in this case, the Germans protected the British people. There was no, you know, mm. we don't ask anything of an animal, just, oh, well, we do. We ask too much of an animal. Absolutely. Especially in this. We don't ask. We take. Yeah. We demand. You know, it's cruel from the beginning where, like, the, you know, the opening scene of this movie, you see the horse born and stand up immediately, which horses do, which is amazing. And then the immediate thought, the immediate thing that humans decide is that work. someone owns it. Yeah. And I don't... I'm putting it to It's work. a big issue, but how did we ever come to that conclusion? Mm. Ever. From the beginning of humanity. Because we're egotistical motherfuckers. Correct. <laughs> so we, uh, you know... Put up the red flag for the kids. Don't listen to this. <laughs> this um, horse, you know... Go- I, those opening scenes where he's plowing the field and stuff, it's, you know, it's real powerful stuff. Oh my like. god, it's just, I felt like, oh. Because that's like its first adventure, plowing some fields, um, not in the best situation. A gnarly, possibly. horrible field. And then, you know, things get, and there was a, there was a time during the movie where I was like, this horse is amazing, but I don't want to meet this horse because people have bad luck when they meet this horse. <laughs> I was like, this is this the bad luck horse? Because there is a, a portion of the movie where people who encounter this horse is not good. You know? Oh, I didn't take it that way at all. I took There's it as, a series of that, though. I just took it, it as human... Like, people are doomed anyway. Like, whatever. And the horse just happens to be along alongside as these terrible things happen. That's all. And, and you know the young the young brothers and the mm-hmm. the girl. It, you know, there's some tragic stuff in it, too, isn't there? You know? um, so, yeah, it pulls at every... But minus the horses, those things would still have happened. They would have. Yeah. Um, and it pulls at every heartstring possible. Absolutely. Think, you know... 
Death horrors. in all ways. Yes. Um, but then it's very uplifting at the same time. Absolutely. You know, in a sappy kind of, you know, old-fashioned Steven Spielberg story. life-affirming, a life-affirming kind yeah, of Yeah, even, even before, you know... Like I say, like the old-fashioned movies. It's like a movie that is not made today. This is what it felt like to me. It's not full of CGI. In fact, Steve, I just watched an interview with Steven Spielberg. This, he says there's three shots in the entire movie that are CGI, and you will know what they are. And we had to think a little bit, but I think we do know what they are. We're not going to spoil that part for you. But, um, yeah, it's an old-fashioned... It's It feels old-fashioned, and I like that, because we're just so used to all the, you know, one-bang... Yeah. CGI, this, CGI, that. And taking it, taking a step back from that, it's refreshing, I think. I mean, it, it What do you to- think is the distinction between that type? What's the, what are the things that you can point out? Because I know what I think are the certain specific things that are done that I think come naturally to him. I don't think it is even on, I don't think it's even thought about. It is exactly his, it's like he makes movies the way he wants to feel in a movie. He wants to yeah. feel, right? So I think it's natural to him. I don't think he's going, oh, and at this point we have to do this because blah, blah, blah. I think it just comes naturally. For example, the music. Yeah. The it's... scenes of the intimacy between people and the slowness that is the care that's taken for certain scenes where it can draw out for even a minute of just quiet thoughtful moments instead of just a constant the, 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 the editing is like paced in a way where you feel like husband and wife look at each other but it's not just like da-da-da-da cut to another thing it's more like if I were to give you that look in real life and it lingers for a few seconds and then I do my head shake and I slowly walk away and you react slowly he lets all that happen and, you and feel, the music is yeah, the music um, right on top of it. Yeah, John Williams does the score or underneath it. it. I don't know how. You and do it's it. an old-fashioned type of score. John Williams does them every so often, where where it feels like like say something from yeah. way back. You know so when something bad is about to happen. It you know tells the story for you almost. <laughs> Absolutely. Like nobody, if nobody spoke, the music would do this emotion part for you. Like you say, just look, looking at each other with that music mm-hmm. is enough to say, okay, uh, that music is... Up. So, I, yeah, the score was fantastic, I thought. And if you listen to this score as, a, as, as an album, like, just got the soundtrack... That would and be good. It, it, I think it would take you on a story, even if you'd not seen this film. And obviously the tracks will be called certain things, but the battle sequences, it's a different type of music yep. to the, you know, the... The specific one that really stood out in the moment, I even thought to myself, oh, I'd like to have that song to listen to was... When he comes with the horse in the very beginning, and the wife now is she starting yeah. stands up and starts to look, and there's this like, like a oh, something stirring here, <laughs> you know. And I thought, oh, that's perfect, and I would like to hear the whole piece. And yeah, and I, I like the you know it, it starts with him he going the father going to the town and bidding on a horse like like they still do today, right? Mm-hmm. You know, bid on horses, and he's like got this <laughs> pride. Uh, inside him that he has to keep bidding on this horse because there's this horrible well, we don't want to tell the story across the way who or you do maybe <laughs> I say let people just experience it I but. just want to exp- yeah uh, alright so I, I wanted to make a note about that scene if I didn't tell them yeah, well, well, tell them I'm not telling you what to do I'm just saying you are telling me what to do you just said no do what you right. want it's your show <laughs> alright so um, 
<laughs> yeah, I'll have to cut that, not that on the air, because I've lost my train of thought. So, um, what did you think then, in general? I felt, I felt, that to me is like a huge thing with the movie. I mean, I felt constantly something. Occasionally I felt, oh, that's a bit extra sappy. Other times I felt this immense pride in that there are humans, people, even that you know, who don't all get sucked into the gnarly, hateful, it's all about me thing in, of that we have in life. That there are people who just strip it all away and they just want, they just want everybody to be and to be, you know, the... That uplifted me. There are moments where that, you know, the people you encounter along the way who are like genuinely good human beings, and then you have the people who aren't, and then that's when I felt really ashamed of being human that as a species. We're just a wretched creature because we have no concern for anybody but ourselves, truly, as a whole. But then those individuals keep cropping through. Then I would have that emotion. And then there was like, I mean, I cried about every other five minutes or so because the bond between and you know me I'm not an animal person at all couldn't care less never had a pet don't want a pet swirling around my feet or anything and yet the thought of like my sister who's a human like she likes animals more than people and me transposing this story onto her the thought of her losing an animal to this kind of thing or the bond and that, that made me cry and I was pissed off at the the land baron idea and the war thing. I mean, I felt through the whole movie. Now that is a lot because sometimes I can sit in a movie and just be like blank. It's not much of an experience. So that to me was the best part. I think that's one of the things Steven Spielberg delivers always. Um, we just had a look through all the movies that he's made. And if you have not done that, you should go and look on IMDb his entire career. Cause there'll be movies there that you've never seen. For instance, one that I've just, got my hands on that I've never seen before What's or it heard of Sugarland Express from 1974 which I'll watch um, and there's movies that you do know he did but you might not have liked but generally his catalogue I, I defy you to say you've not seen them or liked them at some point in your life because I think you've grown up with him it's absolutely been, and there's exceptional movies like Jaws and stuff that are in there Jurassic Park you know films that changed the way movies are you know um, so yeah I think and he seems to be I mean he's older now and he seems to be making like he made all these big popcorn flicks when he was younger and now he's making these more thoughtful type movies like like I some of the ones I love over the last few years was like this um, Catch Me If You Can The Terminal he's making these more thoughtful movies at the end of his career it's but like, supporting producing financing movies like Super 8 that have the popcorn or the effect. Transformers movies exactly yeah you know but the ones that he puts his hands all over or he puts his own self in the chair yeah it seems like he's just he wants more of a journey for I don't know though he could turn around and do like a big massive spectacle who knows and he and he he's done them um, he did War of the Worlds yeah yeah you know seven, eight years ago, whatever it was. Um, so he's, he still does those occasionally, doesn't he, you know? Um, he al I also, on the extras when I was watching, he was talking about like how he um, just saw the Broadway show and all, his producer said, go and see the Broadway show. I think you could make a film of that. And he saw it and then said, yes, I yeah. have to make a film of that. That's how he got involved. It wasn't the book, it was the show. Which, to me, after seeing this movie, I don't know how you could do that in one 
static place, you know? Oh, I can explain, because I listened to a podcast, and they went to see it on Broadway. They live in New York, and um, they said that the horse is essentially a big puppet, a little bit larger than an actual horse would be, but it's got people in it, puppeteers, and every little bit of the entire horse is articulated. It's not like a big furry horse outfit that you think of, but it's all articulated so that every movement of the face, the legs, the head, the neck is all individually done. And it said, they said the emotion that they were able to pull out with those movements and the way they made the horse move was like, and it was all just one thing that obviously changed the backdrop. Is that what they do? Like action, was action sequence? Like how was, does that not come into it? Uh, they didn't get to specific. I mean, there's, it would probably mostly be, you wouldn't do the action scene. You do like a before and an after where you're going to this blah, 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 and now this thing is over. I have to, I say, know, I have to say, in this movie, there is one particular action scene. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm, about. Yeah. That is done in a way. I, I feel like I've never seen a camera move in that way. Exactly. And the camera did move in that way because I was uh, watching the thing. He, it's trench warfare, and the camera is moving in this... I was like, how is this camera going to keep up with this whole... And it does the entire time. And I don't feel like I've seen it before. I don't know how it was done. It doesn't really explain on those extras. Magnificent stuff. Like, it was... See, those are the things that other directors don't have the... You know? And I think that if you're any other director that of not that magnitude, if you said to a crew... This is what I want. A lot of crews are going to say, oh, no, man. That's, not I can't not do possible. It. Steven yeah. Spielberg standing there looking at you going, well, I think we can. You're going to do it. I think that makes thing a lot of things more possible, if that's possible. Some things are either, you're either possible or impossible. But I think he kind of pushes people technically even because there's lots of technical things. So as you're watching it, they just think, not just that, but a lot of things where you're going, that's just filmmaking that's been fine-tuned so well over over the years. Now, this the cast, going on to the cast of this movie, I feel like it has a cast of thousands, and it probably does. I mean, extras. There's lots of people in this yeah. movie. I mean, there's huge battle sequences. There's lots of different nationality actors. So I just put down the, just some of them. But there are lots of people in this movie. I couldn't mention all and of them. And lots of people that you interact, I mean, that you're actually observing and have... Um, dialogue and are pivotal to different things along this horse's life. I mean, lots that you, you know. So obviously, I've just you kind put, of forget as you go along. Yeah, um, Jeremy Irvine plays Albert Narakot. He's the father. Um, <laughs> no, he's the boy. Albert the, is the boy. The boy. Sorry. <laughs> um, I was like, I thought you were going to say the father of the horse. And he's an un- <laughs> like, well, that's a good trick. And he's a uh, unknown actor. Like it, it, that's what Steven Spielberg was going for. Um, and he. Just got out of acting school, he said in his interview, and this was his first job. So pretty he's good. Got a little, he's got a little bit of the actorliness going on. That he has, but feel. it kind of works in this. Movie. It melts away in certain scenes completely, but it's yeah, it's got a little of that innocence, yeah. a little try hard going on, and also that old fashioned thing. Very I'm talking old about. It makes it feel that, more of that. Uh, Emily Watson, who one of my favorite mm-hmm. actresses, uh, Punch Drunk Love. Go and see that. Fantastic. Movie. Um, who plays Rose's mother. Really good performance. Huge impact. Yeah, it? even though she's not in it a lot. She, it's just the opening scenes. Um, yeah, huge. Um, one of the only women in the movie. <laughs> Correct. It really is a um, man movie. Man, I mean, not a, it's not a movie for men. It's a movie for everybody. But it's Let's a, see. Full the, of men. She's the mother who does all the work on the farm. And then we see nurses at the war who are healing everyone, bringing everyone back to life. 
These they are, the they're the them. only women we see, the nurses mm-hmm. and the mother. I, I, that only just dawned on me, but it was, it was war, wasn't it? And then the women, unfortunately, who got swept up in the French thing. Or the- yeah, and it was World War One, where... It's World War Two where they started having women mm-hmm. working on the front lines and stuff. World War One, not it was old, old-fashioned, and the women weren't around the battlefield. So um, we've also got uh, Peter Mullen, who's Ted Nerecott, the father. Really good, really heart-wrenching yeah. scenes with Very. the father for sure. Um, David Thewis, who I really love, and we saw him just recently in London Boulevard as um, Lyons, who's like the landlord. Who yeah, wants yeah. to take the farm? Yeah, he's an awesome actor. Yeah. You've still got to see Naked, his best performance by far. He's cropping up. I've not seen him for years, and now he's started to crop so up. So different from London Boulevard. This is, it's yeah. like just a. That's what I'm saying. He's a. He's not much. I mean, he's not a big. Huge no, but, part, you, but what he plays, you feel appropriately. <laughs> like someone went in a time machine and went and plucked him out. Yeah. Um, and Benedict. Cumberbatch, I mentioned <laughs> another. Um, he plays Sherlock on BBC, if you don't know. Um, and he's cropping up in quite a few things recently too, and he plays Major Jamie Stewart. I I, re- I really like him. Like every time I see him now, he's kind of like he commands his every part, every person he portrays. He just and he's not the like, same all the time. No, no. You know, like you could just play that that Sherlock Holmes thing he does. You think, oh, he could just do that, but no, he doesn't. He's he's really in this one. He's real commanding. He does a rousing speech to the troops which I was like wow this this is good uh, I want to see him in other stuff oh definitely we're going to see him in other stuff because he's coming up in Star Trek and we need to see yeah something a little more intimate because he's very except Sherlock Holmes everything else is very the, distant from he's him. the baddie in Star Trek in the new Star Trek so be interesting because mm-hmm. we've not seen him as a baddie he's usually a good guy um mm. what was he in oh he was in the whistleblower wasn't he with um yes just as the, a yeah, yeah. Um, so, this is directed by a young man called Steven Spielberg, um, indie director. He was. Yeah. Little known. <laughs> no. He's indie, right? He, get, he makes up his own money now, pretty much. Well, he directed Indiana Jones. <laughs> oh, very nice. You see what I'm saying? I see you pull that around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, yeah, Steven Spielberg was, this to be said, living legend in the I film. I don't know if he's a legend. In the film, but... He will be remembered for a long time Correct. Uh, for his films. Uh, and so extras on this Blu-ray disc, and I'm talking... We were just talking about like what score we should give this for extras, and this should get a lot. Uh, uh, it's a four-disc pack, so you know, for, you know when it's... Not necessarily, because what's that going to mean? One's a DVD, one's a digital copy, one's the movie, one's the extra. So three of those discs are just the movie, so no. Alright, disc one is the actual movie. And the movie is quite long, uh, two hours and thirty minutes, so... Yeah. Value for money. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I love the long movies. You know I love the long ones. Yeah, so do I. Uh, so it's a two hour and thirty... I like the lengths more than the girth, really, of a movie. So what I like about this is they um, put the extras on a separate disc, so you get good picture and audio quality. Fantastic surround sound in this movie. Especially Absolutely. during those battles. Oh my god. You f- and when the whole yeah. of the horse charge thing is going on, you yeah. feel... Because we have the surround, uh, everything around us, and it just... You, you felt... Ding, ding, things... Oh my god. It's it like felt- Private Ryan, that experience. Where I, I was... on When I first saw Private Ryan in the theatres, and I was like, holy crap, Like I didn't know you could do that with sound. And then I got it at home on DVD, and then saw it again and, and with the surround sound system, and I was like... Yeah, the, you are immersed. Yeah, and this is the same thing. It's 
there's plenty of scene, just scenes of horses running Absolutely. around and stuff. So yeah, a fantastic audio. Even and the plowing that was like really massive. Rumbly, like, the yeah. sound of it was right, like right through you. Um, so yeah, I'm glad that they kept because it's a long film. Put the the film on one disc and the extras on the other. So what you get with the extras is you get Warhorse: The Journey Home, which is these, it's like a making of. It's an hour long. Um, very good. On the set with Steven Spielberg. All the actors involved are interviewed. And then there's something called an extras point of view, which is uh, experience the uh, shoot from the perspective of a background artist. So uh, Then there's a, a filmmaking journey, which is another hour-long documentary on the nice. set. So, yes, you're getting value for money here. And that one's really good. It goes through everything, like costuming, the DP. Score. To- Score. <laughs> We've got our standard, the standard list of things. Then there's a second documentary called Editing and Scoring, which goes really in depth with John Williams and the editor. And this movie is edited well. Mm-hmm. Very well. Smooth. Yeah. Smooth, smooth. Except that very end part. I felt it was a bit weird. Which one? With the, in the, the paint the horse and then the not the color. No, it's just that. Here's the horse over here, the sun behind him. There's the family over there with the sun behind them. And it kept oh, chopping. Oh, I'm not saying it wasn't good. I'm saying it was incorrect. And that I was like, wait, was no one paying attention? I actually think it was to do with... No, there the was nothing to do with anything. Between. No. You can't put the sun in two places in the sky oh, at the same time. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you meant why wasn't the all No, no, no. That I didn't I understood that. But it was like he. they showed where he came where he was standing, and then the family's in a different place completely. And the sun couldn't be behind them both at the same time, but... Uh, the Sounds okay. the sounds of Warhorse is the next documentary, and that one is a uh, sound designer, takes you through the movie's sophisticated sound design, and that is never a true word spoken, Absolutely. sophisticated sound design. And through the producer's lens, now this is uh, Steven Spielberg's producer, Kathleen Kennedy, who we, al- we also see on... Uh, She's Tom Cruise's producer, too, isn't she? I think so. The Mission Impossible movies. Um, And she is a photographer, and she's on set every day taking professional um, still photography. Uh, And she shows you lots of the still photography, which is pretty amazing looking, especially of the horses. Uh, And then there's a DVD copy of the movie in here on another disc, and there's an extra on the DVD copy that is not on the Blu-ray. So... You can also put the DVD in, and it's called The Look, and it explores the stunning world of Warhorse with the creative team. And then disc four is the digital copy. So yeah, there's tons of behind-the-scenes stuff. Hours worth. In fact, over 85 minutes of bonus, including an exclusive Steven Spielberg. That's only one hour and 25 minutes. Yeah, I disagree that that is 85 minutes, what's on there. Because I watched a 60-minute documentary just now, and then a 15-minute thing, and there was still a bunch more stuff, so I think that sticker might be wrong. Hmm. So, lots of extras. Um, really a good value package, I think, if you're into... Uh, how much is it? I don't know. Well, value is only determined by how much you're spending for it. This is the four-disc. Uh, it's got a nice slip cover, too, which is like in the um, colour... Bronze. I have to say this. If you are truly an animal lover, it will rip your heart out. So I don't... I mean, it's got both sides of it. You could... Because you love animals, you can appreciate that the, this horse is a living creature that has gone... Goes through its life 
you know, at the mercy of humans and all the struggles and then the emotional bonds and all that. And you could be uplifted by that. Like, yeah, see, animals are fantastic. And on the other hand, you're going to feel the weight of how horrible we are <laughs> as, you know what I mean? Like, so, and that's uh, worth watching for. You uh, need to, you need to feel all feel that it, stuff. You reckon? Yeah, whatever you are, animal lover, non-animal lover, people lover, Some people, people hate are very sensitive. Yeah, but, well. hey, if you don't like it, you can bail out halfway through. Yeah, like, I was just thinking, I was thinking to myself, could you show it to kids? You know, it's quite intense, the battles and stuff, yeah. especially if you're watching it with surround sound blasting. You'd have to answer a lot of questions about war if you dealt with would, kids, yeah. You know, and it is real battles that you could... Yeah, certain level of certain age of kids you'd be. Because try to explain war to a child. Yeah, it's pretty tough. I know. Ex- I know they are brought up with. You know. I mean, what, make why, sense of it to it. Make sense of it to make yourself. Make sense of it to anybody. Exactly. To I just thought that. Like, how do you? Like, some asshole over there wants more than he deserves, so he tries to kill everybody, and we have to kill him. That's it. We take his land. We take his stuff. Or he takes hours, so somebody has to die. There's a really awesome... <laughs> um, I've seen No Man's Land scenes in other yeah. movies before, but the one in this movie was really good. It's like, I was like, I had one hand up, yeah. <laughs> and my other hand was like holding on to my teacup really hard. I was like, oh my god. You know, like a, a real human moment that might possibly never happen, because we're... No, I've actually heard real stories. Not I've that. heard of real yeah, stories absolutely. of it, too. But this one's kind of overly... But, you know... Because who knows? Just drop everything for a minute and look at the real picture here. Like that's what I liked about that. Absolutely. Really, you know, very Hollywoody, but very, you know, shows you what the human spirit because there's a, is. There's possible. some veterans watching that and going in their own mind, maybe their own memory, going, "Yeah, that kind of shit does happen," and yet the world, world war just keeps on going. Yeah, I was going to say some things I learned from this movie. Oh, good. Uh, humans are pretty sucky. We're we're not we we're not good really. We're kind of animals. You know, they're just animals. They're here, like as like we are, and we just exploit the crap out of all of them, which is horrible. They have no choice. We just exploit them. Yeah, you see my advice. There's a horse. Let's ride it. Let's plow a field with it. Let's eat it. Let's sell it. Let's let's, eat, let's yeah, eat whatever. It. Yeah, you know all those things. Oh, let's get my anger out on it because I can't beat up the, my neighbor. So let me kick the shit out of my horse. You know, I other things you can learn from this film. It's not all horrible. Yeah, humans are horrible. Kind of um, humans also have the capability of not being horrible, as in that scene I just explained. Absolutely. Um, and lots of scenes in this movie. Um, yeah, that's that's it. Really, it's it's. Which do you think is bigger? Uh, as a whole. Well, we. If you added up all humans that have ever lived and at this at this point right now just chopped it off and said there'll never be another human and added us all up, what do you think's bigger? The horrible or the good? The horrible. I agree. Yeah, really. The good is. just I mean the we good have, the good always in every story it's just it has, small, it has it? to shine through all of the horror and then you go, What's with all the horror? Like Because if you could break <laughs> this down to this movie, like eighty five percent of it horror the I mean horrible, horror horrific things going Correct. on. The the small amount, 15%. And the most nice horrific thing. part of it is that we accept it because it is what it is. Mm-hmm. We accept that war exists. We accept that men go off to war and, and never come back. We accept that 
the asshole over there who wants to take more land, well, we'll just get up our guns that we've invented and kill him, and then we'll take whatever. We accept it, because it's just, we've just come to accept it, you know? But yeah, there are there are scenes in this movie where, like, you know, like I just said, that, like, animals have no choice, we just exploit them. But then there's a the French uh, fella in his, in his farm, mm-hmm. and then the, the army come, and they exploit exactly. him. Exactly. In the same way as we would exploit animals. Yeah, the, the so there's is, a lot of... Most people would be more outraged because of that yeah. than they would about the fact that you've got a hundred horses following behind your battalion, and every time a horse up here drops dead, we just pull another throw one him. in and throw it off to the side. That's what I mean. We come to accept it because I know, I know, we, I don't know. We like we can easily block out terrible things, and no matter what anybody says or does, we just can compartmentalize it because well that's life and life is hard and blah 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 so you will learn you will learn things from war horse um or not it's pretty emotional movie you will if your heart is made out of cement you'll feel like you've been (laughs) you know through a journey for sure my eyes are all poofy because i and the makeup that was whatever was left is now all gone because i cried there you go quite a lot so you got your value for money i did Uh, if you wanted to cry that is (laughs) So, yeah, uh, in conclusion, I think everybody should see this if you're, like I said, not little kids, because you'd have a lot of explaining to do, but, and some people will say it's completely sappy. I can understand that, Mm -hmm. too, because it does have elements of that. But if you're interested in Steven Spielberg's career or movies that are good, this is one of them. Uh, I recommend it. I think you should watch it. I think it's a classic. You know when you can feel that Mm -hmm. something... In years to come, we'll still. You said be that about something else. I forget now what it was. This, it's not very often. Mm-mm. Was it Pilgrim? Something you saw, you thought was no, it wasn't Pilgrim. Something in the last year. You're right. It's very rare. I actually think Drive was the last one. Mm. I think is. I don't think you said it, but you might have thought it. I think it is. Like like Pulp Fiction is a classic to me. Right. It'll, you know, it's always going to be. And I think it will be for a long time, right? It's one of those things. Now, I'm not saying this is like Pulp Fiction. <laughs> um, it has an impact, and that doesn't always happen in art. It's got no foul language. No. But it does have lots of... It doesn't have a lot of gore either, really. No, it's, it's not like it's Private well Ryan. Hidden. Yeah, it's not like Private Ryan goes for the gory edge, people's legs blowing off and stuff. This is more... It's all implied, yeah. and it's right in your face, but it's not. it's not overt. It's like, you know... So, conclusion, can't recommend it highly enough. Thank you to Disney for the Blu-ray. Um, I've got a few new contests on the site that you can enter this week. Actually, three new contests. One is to win season three and four of That 70s Show. One is to win seasons three and four of Third Rock from the Sun. And one is to win the Blu-ray of Medal of Honor, which is a documentary. Mm. Um, so, you can go and win those. If you're in the US and Canada, go to com. The three contests are there. I've made it so it's a lot easier to enter them now. There's a uh, form that you fill in. You press submit. If you get the right answer, I get an email, and I will draw some winners at the end of the month. So three new contests. And how do you draw those winners, just so everyone knows? I use the site random.org. I put all the emails into a box. I press a button. Email addresses? Yes, and it randomly spits one of those emails at me, and that is the email I... Now, these emails aren't then passed on to someone else? No. Okay. It's just a random... It just pit, You throw anything in it, a list okay, of yeah. numbers, and it gives you a random Like, one. if I wanted to name a baby, I could put, like, 50 names in there, and, and then it would spit out the end. Yeah. 
It's a really fair way. What a great it? way to name a kid. Yeah. Just have just throw in a couple things like sink and shoe, and then you know, like Bobby and Susie and Billy and Ariella, <laughs> Ariella, <laughs> nipple flesh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's the it's the most fair way of doing it, and that's the way I draw contests. I never heard of random.org. I might yeah. I might utilize that. Can use for it for all kinds of things. That's awesome. But it is great for picking out because I can look at a list of emails and. Just randomly pick one, but I think that's more fair just to let it pick one. Yeah. You know? So, con- contests. Go to aschoolie.com. Lots of contests for you to enter. Three of them. Next week's Blu ray review will be The Muppets. Is it just called The Muppets or is it The Muppet Movie? It's The Muppets. There's already been a Muppet movie. Right, so it's just The Muppets. So, we're going to watch The Muppets. And uh, are you a fan of The Muppets? I am in a way. I am in a way. I, I was I grown up. I have with fond the memories show. of that every single Sunday, I believe, and uh, hearing the music, curtains opening, old man on the thing, and it was like beloved. I mean, I was, you know, I was in it, man. Yeah. I was there, and even fantasized about being this the the guest right. host s person, and in my mind, and then probably acted out a few times that I was in the world and doing being surrounded by you know I'm interested to see how they bring but it then I revisited it when you got yeah, you some did. DVDs yeah, and yeah. while it's still just as sweet and charming and I truly believe if you brought that back nowadays and really put the most in the forefront like stars, a Saturday Night Live with Muppet like that kind of like yeah but do it every Sunday yeah. evening and have the most famous you know whoever's you know forefront right now you Jonah could, Hill anybody oh god <laughs> Stop it. I hate Jonah Hill's persona. Jonah Hill's doing Saturday Night Live I don't Live know him tonight. as a human. That's why, that's why I'm he saying. Absolutely. It's like... Okay. It's like what I could imagine it feels like when you're eating the middle of an artichoke and you're not supposed to eat the choke part and it's gagging you. Like... That's how I feel about Jonah Hill. Anyone else but Jonah Hill. Jason Segal. Any of those people. Yes. You put Lady Gaga on there, but, you know, what's her face? Uh... Lily Allen or any of those, you know, anybody who's, <laughs> she's not as famous now. Katie Perry did the Muppet Katie thing, Katie Perry, absolutely. Oh, Elmo. She did something with Elmo and then got in trouble because she had <laughs> yeah. so much cleavage showing. <laughs> something. Elmo was enjoying it. But I really think, plus nowadays you have like CG mixed with puppeteering. It could just be awesome. Like I, I, I don't know much about the movie, but I'm interested to see how sure. they... Everyone seems to love it. Up. Literally, everyone I hear... Yeah, I've not heard about I've heard things. a podcast of grown people saying, well, I don't have any kids, but I watched it, and it's pretty cute, and it's fun, and, you know. And we've got memories of the Muppets, and it's fun to see the Muppets. And I don't like... that. Nah, he's alright, I guess. I do like Cigar him. guy. But yeah. I like her a lot. Amy yeah. Adams. Yeah, I like him a lot from say, for, forgetting Sarah Marshall. Not saving, <laughs> saving Sarah. Sarah Marshall. Yeah, a great, great movie. So, uh... Next week, Blu-ray review, The Muppets. So, movie recommendations this week. I am going on the theme of War Horse with <laughs> Steven Spielberg movies. I was going to say, it's not really War Horse. One with an animal involved. Or a... Uh, oh, yeah. Not a real animal. <laughs> Jaws. And not even... It's not an animal, is it? It's a... Parts of it are a real yeah. animal, yeah. It's a big styrofoam thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Jaws is uh, possibly Steven Spielberg's best movie. <laughs> You reckon? Possibly. I don't know about that. No, it's pretty good. Impactful, yes. I don't know if it's the best crafted. Schindler's List might be it. And Again, uh, impact versus quality. And my second one is another um, war movie by Steven Spielberg. And it's not Schindler's List. It's Saving Private Ryan. 
Because, yeah, the battle sequences in this movie reminded me a World War One version of the battle sequences from World War Two in Saving Private Ryan. I think they're done just as well. Um, so, yeah, if you like battle sequences, authentic. Um, trench warfare must have been horrendous. I was going to say, like it, if you like warfare. <laughs> well, like it's like to see it reenacted in this way. I mean, it's like, you know, people go to see war reenactments, right? And yeah. this is the, like, a, oh, you know, you can only imagine what it's like. And this I can't is- even. Can't even. Even if we watch it on the screen all day long, you can't, Im- I can't even imagine now even. I mean, we have people, you know, at war in situations where they are tucked into a place on a hill in a shack where people are lobbing bombs at them. And um, we had a young man in our area just recently... Because um, we always get a notice at, I work for the state, and so we get a notice every time the governor, every single time a soldier dies in the line of duty, or at all, the Capitol building, the flag goes to half staff, and he asks every county to do the same right. with all their government buildings, and they just want to let everyone know. So the most recent one was a young man who was killed by an, what's it called, uh, like a handmade explosive device. You know, not yeah, like yeah. a, you know, so... Even now, the horror... Improvised. Improvised, what is, yes, I... IMS? Something. I didn't get the initials, but even now... IMP? The horror of the, you know, just the... It's primitive and horrible, like... It's definitely a horrible thing. Yeah. So your... My recommendations are... Because I wanted to bring up a Steven Spielberg maybe that some people might not remember, and maybe didn't like, but I liked it a lot, and it's Hook. So there you go. I liked it too. I'll stand by it. I think it's a fun, interesting way to look at Peter Pan. It's not the best made movie in the whole world, but it's got that quality about it. And I really, I remember enjoying it thoroughly. I went to see it twice at the theater. I don't know what else to say. I liked it. And The Sugarland Express. Another one that you may never have heard of. It stars Goldie Hawn. Directed 1974. By Steven, 1974. Steven Spielberg. And it's actually, uh, again, I'll have to see it again now. I've seen it like twice on HBO in my 20s. So I don't know the actual quality of it, but it's a 70s movie with Spielberg mixed in there. I think it's definitely worth the recommendation. All right, so what's the new movie co- game called? New movie game is called Movie Memory 1, 2, 3. Movie memory, one, two, three. And the premise is this. I say to you, I ask you a question about whatever. You'll get it in a minute. And then you have to name three movies that fit that description or my question. And this time it's going to be, in line with this movie, three movies that feature something about World War One. Oh, God, that's hot. It is, until you see a list, and then you go, oh yeah, but I don't think you'll get it. But it's a good exam- It's a good start for the game. World War One. It's really hard, because I can't think of any World War One movies. I can think of tons of World War Two. And it doesn't have to be in the guts of World War One. just something of the time where it's mentioned, or characters from it, or involved in it. It's even hard, because World War One is 1910, 1919, something like that, that time frame. 1916. I can't think of any. Um... No? I'll tell you. Is it easy? No. <laughs> it's a hard one. But it's a good example of the game. Where if, if you thought about it a while, you might come up with it, but I don't know. The African Queen, because he's a veteran of World War One. You seen know, it. the one where, oh, right. Humphrey Bogart, Catherine, well, what's her name? Catherine. Hepburn. Yes. Uh, number two is The Razor's Edge, 
which you might have heard of because no. it was Bill Murray and Razor's Edge. Are you sure? Never heard or seen it, no. I thought it was the precursor to the Royal Tenenbaums. Razor's Edge. Maybe not. By the same guy. And the third really? one is... I thought so, but I don't know. Now I have to look at my third one and I forgot it. All the King's Men from 1999. That one I know I've heard of, but I never saw it or anything. No, I mean, I would have never got them. No, no. But other questions that we might pose would be like, uh, name... In the car, when we have lots of time, we would say, name 10 Steven Spielberg movies directed by, and then you would yeah. sit there and dig them up out of your brain. We'll make them easier in the future, but I thought in line with this one. I almost did three movies featuring a horse, but that sounded really easy. Sea so. Biscuit. <laughs> What's number one? Black Beauty. Two. War Horse. That isn't, you can't do the week's movie, <laughs> but that next week you could answer with that. So that gives you an idea of the game. Movie Memory, one, two, three. Correct. So, yeah, I was terrible at it. No, no, I, I knew it would be a challenge, unless you just knew off the top of your head something. Because yeah. if you said World War Two, you would have, yeah, Lots. like, you'd be swimming in World War Two movies. And Vietnam War. Easy. Exactly. Uh, World War One's not... Even not though really. it's a fascinating time no, when you think about it. there's not a lot of movies it. about it. I think there is. were more in the 30s, obviously, because yeah. that's coming off of it and before World War Two, but... All right, so games and Ace Scully stuff for this week. I've been playing very few games because there's not much out at the moment. I played uh, Pinball Arcade <laughs> on the PlayStation Vita and the PlayStation 3. Interesting enough, if you like pinball games, if you buy this game on the PS3 you get and you own a PS Vita, you get both versions for the one price, which is a good deal, I think. And you loved it. Yeah, I like pinball games. It's like the kind of game where... Five minutes to spare, just want to sit and relax and play it. I can just sit and play it. It's this, you don't have to think very hard at pinball, do you? It's just reactions. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, it's really fun. And these are based on real pinball tables. And Ripley's Believe It or Not is one of the pinball tables. And it's the most racist pinball table in the world. It's like super, it's like shrunken heads. I'm not sure about that. Probably somewhere there's some really bad ones. Yeah, it's like shrunken heads and this awkward Jamaican accent that keeps, uh, Jamaican voice that keeps saying, it's kind of awkward when you play it. Caribbean sort of voodoo kind of vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So Ripley's Believe It or Not. There's four tables. Black Hole is one of them, um, which is a memorable pinball table that I played years ago. Oh, really? Uh, Like in real life? Yeah, they're all real life tables. Um, there's Ripley's Believe It or Not, Black Hole, Arabian Nights, which is a good, cool one. And what's the other one? Why do you reckon they picked the Ripley's? Oh, the other one's Theatre of Magic, which is uh, really cool. It's that a magician, more magician one, yeah. Uh, those are four I don't of have the, a lot of respect for pinball machines. Well, those are four of the most iconic pinball machines you can think of. If you think of pinball machines. You've probably seen one of those at least in a bar or something. Oh, not me. Probably not, no. No? No. Most people will have. I mean, they were the four biggest selling pinball tables. Although I have always been in love with the whole of it. Like the ping ping and the lights and the thing thing, da 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 da, and the back, if it looks really cool. So if it was themed along something, but magic or circus, or not circus, carnival, that would be an interesting There's one. There's a Tron Legacy pinball table. Ooh. Um, a real pinball table by Stern that you can go and buy. And I was looking at it, and I was like, if I had a lot of money, I would buy <laughs> this table and put it in my home If theater. people don't know this, he loves Tron. Yeah, I love Tron. And this is a, it's the Tron Legacy, the brand new uh, movie pinball table. 
and it just looks it's all neon and Tron themed you know it's got EL light everywhere so it kind of glows like a big Tron object um looks fantastic it's got clips it's got like a screen at the top where clips from the movie show when you do special things it's really high tech um Six thousand five hundred, and then probably trailers from other movies I'm and sure. advertisements for other products. Six thousand five hundred dollars. If you want to buy one, you can buy it from their site, and they've just got a buy it now button. You can just buy it. Some people have that kind of money laying around. Yeah, uh, yeah. I or wish credit I did. cards. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty pretty cool. I, I would love love that. I'd, it's, it, I mean, wow. Well, don't say that because then I want to get it for That's you, and I'd have to sell the car. <laughs> yeah, it's almost. You could buy. <laughs> you could buy half a car for it. So, um, yeah, that's what I've been playing this week. Pinball Arcade. It's available on PlayStation Network. I've also been playing... There's a free game on the PlayStation Vita this week called Montezuma something something something. I can't even tell you what it's called. Something Legend Montezuma something. It's a free game. It's like Bejeweled, but it's like a game lasts 60 seconds. So you've got to get as many matches as you can in 60 seconds. It's really fun... Because Bejeweled games always are, right? It uses the touchscreen, so it's very easy to play. You just drag the gems around. Um, it's free, but then it's not really free, because mm-hmm. each day, you have to pay for each game when you press start. It costs a certain amount of gems to play the 60 seconds. And you have a certain amount of gems to start with, and it's quite a lot. So you can probably play it for half an hour to an hour the first time you play it. But then when they're all gone... The only way to get more gems is go and buy them on the PlayStation Network. They cost money. Or you don't have to buy them. Wait till the every day when you launch the game, a scratch card appears and you can scratch it with your finger. And if you match, you know, it's like a normal scratch card, nine nine pieces. If you if you match, you scratch them and you match like two or three, you win these um, gems. So yesterday I got two of two identical ones. I got a thousand gems, which allowed me to play it for another half an hour, which I did while I was having a poo. Not that it takes me half an hour to have a poo, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah. So every day you get a chance to win some gems, or you buy gems. I would never buy gems in a game like this. So it's kind of fun for me to come back every day and yeah. see if I win the gems. I will not give them any money because I hate this kind of. Um, you can have this free game, but. You're going to have to give us some... You know, there's Zynga do it, don't they? And oh, yes. I find it horrible. and ins- I'd rather pay you $10 for the game and just be allowed to play it forever if I wanted to play it. I don't like the money-grabbing kind of... There's that one little game uh, where if you did buy the $60 game, then you'd still keep having to buy... Uh, was it? Oh, yeah, Call of Duty. But it's different, I guess. Because you love that game. Well, <laughs> I bought that. You don't have to it's- buy anything. But in order to continue and add something more to the game, you have to keep buying something. Not anymore, remember? Last year, you, you paid the ninety dollars. You paid a hundred instead of sixty Correct. because instead of buying it in piecemeal, you bought it all at once. That's all I'm saying. That so, I, I, actually, the game, I okay. actually really like that model. How about just sixty and you get it all? I like that too, <laughs> but that's not going to happen. Is I know. Um, but yeah, I, I've been enjoying that because every month, in fact. So if Montezuma, if you got everything, and you got unlimited, bo- but they said, pay us $5, you'd do it. Yeah, yeah, I, I actually would. I'd have already paid the $5 and play it every day as much as I want. But because it's, like, so limited, I can play it for... I'll, tonight, when I've done this podcast, I'll probably go and sit on the couch and play for half an hour. After half an hour, you literally cannot play anymore. You, might, you have to close it. Like, it's like, you want to play? 
pay us some money, and it sends you to the PlayStation Store, and then it says, "We we you can buy um fifty dollars worth, forty dollars." Oh, worth. it's like Sims Online. Yeah. Oh, you gotta stop for today because yeah. there's nothing else. Yeah, you can do. like there's nothing. I haven't tried that again lately. I've like it's, it's literally pointless launching the game because the start button won't even light up until you buy some more gems. You know what I mean? I mean, it's kind of. I hate that model. So, it's a free game, but it's not really free. Well, it is free if you just want to play. You know. Five minutes a day. Five minutes a day, yeah. <laughs> Which is kind of weird. It's like saying to me, eat just one potato chip. Yeah. Not going to happen. And so then they, tomorrow, you're going to have another potato chip. But they're going to be sitting here in this bowl, just waiting. <laughs> and the other game that came out this week, talking to Call of Duty, is the uh, two new maps for Call of Duty. Um, I'm really enjoying this, getting new maps um, and not having to pay as they come out. Because, you know. But you already paid. I know I already paid, but yeah. it seems so long ago, and I bought that box, and now, now every single month I'm getting something new, and it, and we're only like a third of the way into the season of download stuff. So you know, as we've got until October. We're going to get something, you know, two or three maps every month until October. It's like a great bonus because like you don't think about it, and then you're like, wow, there's right, new maps there this it week. Is, yeah. yeah. So I really like that method of delivering them. The two new maps are actually the two best maps. Of all the downloadable maps so far, these two new ones this week. Has your friend been able to play with you yet? Yeah. Um, Good maps. uh, Really worth downloading. If you're an Elite member, you get them automatically. So have a look there. And that's it for Games and A-School stuff this week. And I don't think there's anything out next week. Yes, there is. Trials HD will be out next week, which is an awesome motocross game on Xbox Live Arcade. It will be out on Thursday, so I'll talk about it next week. But you did finish a game that's quite controversial. I did, and I put that down, and I think I'll mention that more next week, because it's longer. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, plus you won't have much else to talk about. What's for dinner, Sid Talk? (laughs) We're going to have leftovers turned into something fantastic. There's going to be some hash with curry, some roast vegetables. No, no hashish. Some rice, orzo, roast vegetables, I said that already. And then something proteiny out of the freezer, but I don't know what yet. Maybe the corn nuggets, maybe the corn patty. I don't know. Or the bake. Oh, yeah, I'm going to do the Morningstar bacon, put it in the hash. So give it nice. It's not real bacon. It's yeah, we fantastic. had some uh, fake bacon this week, which I actually really like. I don't call it fake because it is well, what it it's is. It's not bacon, is it? Yeah, but it's not pretending to be Faking. bacon. It's no, that's a dog food. Uh, is it? Well, there might be a brand of fake bacon flavored, but it's not fake bacon. It is what it is. It's Morning Star. It's pretending. It's masquerading as bacon, but it's not. Not really, because it's not even close to what it bacon looks, looks like. like. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. No. The colors. It's do. square. Yeah, the color. It's flat. It looks like it's blobs tastes of fat. Fantastic, in my opinion. It yeah, tastes. It it's perfect amount of smoke flavor, crispy, kind of sweet. And so I'm going to chop that up, put it in the hash, and then I'm going to make as. Do we have end? We're going to have strawberry. Yes, pizza. we'll have that have as well. I've got that sitting out, ready to heat up to go along with it, and then. I'm, last week, I chopped up some strawberries. I did a, peeled and segmented an orange at work, tossed it all in a bowl, and then I was like, oh, this is kind of boring. And I chopped it up so I could eat with a spoon and keep working. And I, sp- I picked up like a little tiny sprinkle of salt, sprinkled it over it, kind of tossed it around. Oh my God. It was amazing. Fruit with salt. That tiniest bit of salt, it kind of hits your tongue at first. It brings out some of the juices, right? I guess, like. Chemically, it does Yeah, they that. say do that. But it tasted 
so satisfied. I can't even describe it to you. Then I made it the next day because I went up to the cafeteria. They had an orange, some strawberries. So today we're gonna I'm gonna have you try it because it's so delicious. And then after that, my advice is think about because this is long what we talked about. Think about why we ever decided that it's okay to use animals for our own uses. Like, leave religion out of it, because not all of us believe in the religion aspect. So, let's pretend that doesn't exist. But why, you know, you know why? Consider, we only do it because we can. Now, that makes us kind of, it's really, in, it's like, what's the word? In ex, 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 Excusable? No. Um, Explicable? Yes, something explicable. Explicable. <laughs> Despicable. That's the word. Despicable it just seems we only do it because we can. The same reason a dude, uh, someone bullies someone or because someone abuses their spouse or beats up on their children or kicks their dog. We only do it because they can't really defend themselves. They can't pipe up and say, hey, we don't want you to grind us up and put us in sausage. Uh, so if we could just go on about our business and, uh, you know, yes, defend yourselves against us. If we're going to attack you, I don't have a problem with that. But all the other stuff. And this movie does highlight the... Uh, yeah, and that's what kind of got my brain to churning around. So that's my advice. Just think about it. it. may not affect you. You may not give a shit. You might go, oh, God, look, it's we're smarter. We're better. We're humans. We deserve it. We can do whatever we want. Animals are here for our own use. Fine. If that's your concept, if that's your point of view, I can't argue with you because that's what you think. But just consider it. It's funny, also, the value, like, in this movie, like... The value we put on horses, for instance, back then, for, um, you know, plowing the farms, um, going into war, etc. They're not as... We don't use them as much now. Because we have machinery to do plowing a field. We have... What do you mean, the value? We don't... They weren't valuable at all, except I mean, they were value... Yeah, they were value. That's why people were bidding on them, and, like, they were worth something. Oh, I'm not thinking like you are. I'm not talking about monetary value. No, I... We don't value their lives. Right. We put a monetary value on them as a work piece of machinery, instead of valuing their, their life, and they're kind of like, they exist, so shouldn't they just live their life? I was just thinking now perhaps we are better towards horses because we don't we wouldn't ride into war on a horse anymore, would we? We wouldn't. Well, some would argue that now they are then used only for our entertainment, and isn't that worse? Hmm. Including this movie as well. Like, yeah. There are going to be a lot of people who... I mean, they had humane society and everybody. Nothing seemed... Nobody got harmed or no horses got harmed, but some would argue uh, those horses didn't choose to be actors. They were forced into it. Right. So, you know. I don't particularly take that point of view, but that's it. So, thanks for listening to the show. I want to remind you about our website, ascully.com, sidtalk.com. You can catch us both on Twitter, at ascully, and at sidtalk. I'm not at anything, but if you want to put that in front of my name so you can (laughs) find me on Twitter, fair enough. You can uh, catch us on Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube. You can also catch this podcast on the Zoom Marketplace, the iTunes Music Store, or just go to ascully.com, click on the word podcast, subscribe, or anything you would like to do. You can email feedback to me at ascully at ascully.com. Don't email Sid Talk. Mm-hmm. He does not want your emails. And Sid Talk is C-I-D-T-A-L-K, which brings up a good question. And you can stay classy, Mr. Horsey. If you type in Sid Talk, S-I-D-T-A-L-K, you're not going to find me. You're going to find Sit Talk. 
And SidTalk.com with an S. That's not me. It's C-I-D-T-A-L-K. What's SidTalk with an S? You need to... um. <laughs> Domain tools, right. right? So it doesn't exist. So what was the horse called? Joey. So stay classy, Joey, the star of the movie. Absolutely. And Eight. there was a lots of Joeys, by <laughs> yeah. the way. Seventeen Joeys, I 18. think. And I'm going to say, think for yourself, everyone. Think for yourself. That means think about something, something you never thought about before. Because if you don't do it, chances are, chances a hundred percent that someone's already doing it for you. 